It's Monday, November 21st, and we have Kesey, James, Elaine, Sarah, Nick, Friendsgiving, if you will, Daniel Hardhausen, is he gonna win? And Cezanne is closing. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eat It Virginia and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise and I am joined as always by my friend, my friend Roby Martin. We have broken a record with this podcast, Roby, the most guests on a single episode. You started naming them, but I think you got halfway through the list. Oh, I didn't name them all at all. There are so many more than what I named. I mean, goodness gracious. We had some latecomers. We had some early ones. We had, we were in this gorgeous kitchen. Yeah, so I'm going to give some credit where credit is due here. This is Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. Ruby had a great idea to get a bunch of people together into a room. I didn't do it. James did it, but... James did it, but you had the great idea of turning it into a podcast for us. And we're calling it our Friendsgiving episode because we were amongst old friends and we made some new friends. We made so many new friends, I feel like. And I'm actually really excited about this episode because it's a lot of individuals that experience our Richmond food scene like every single night sometimes so and in different spaces like right like you get um you have somebody like kesey who you know is very into southern food or you have someone like nick who has has a totally different background or you have james who eats all over the place yeah so let's let's we can talk about daniel and Cezanne after after the interview, right? Okay. And it's less of an interview. It's more of a conversation, yep. I feel like. It is. It's, so a, let's set it's up a collective. A, let's set up. I'm going to let you set up. I'm not going to let you. I'm going to ask you to set up what exactly was going on. Like, we were all in a room. Why were we there? And what was? What were we trying to do? So I think as a group, and I'm going to use Instagram as this, which you know lots of people probably aren't into the idea of using Instagram as a, I don't know, a focus group, but let's just call it that. Um, I believe that the individuals that we had in this one space collectively are some of the most prolific food eater. I mean, individuals, posters, posters, grammars, eaters, whatever you want to say in the Richmond food community. And I think as a whole, I'll say we probably touch the group of us 200,000 people in the Richmond community based on just our Instagram. And I thought it would be really cool to see, A, that it is extremely diverse, our food Instagram community is, and B, where maybe there are some hiccups that the food community wants to talk about. So James, whose Instagram handle is... Just something I ate. Just something I ate. So this core group of people, I think they get together regularly and go out to eat i think some of them yep i bet you they do i think they get together a little bit so this was one of those events but it was expanded a little bit to invite more people so he james reached out to me just something i ate reached out to me and said i'm having a dinner of some sort and i would love for you to join and i said that sounds awesome i would love to he said you know you can cook something or whatever i i chose to bring big magnums of sparkling because Oh, yeah. Celebratory. Thank you for that, by the way. Yep. Um, 
And he said, I'm inviting several people. And I said, what are your thoughts on, you know, hanging out with them but recording it? And I'm glad said, you asked James it. that because I'm, the people that showed up were a little surprised when we threw microphones in their faces. I, know, they, I, I think that a few of them were a little surprised. Right. We used surprised. But you know what? They're all professionals. So unlike our, our typical episodes where we have one or two guests that own a business or or a chef, or a farmer, or whatnot. Mixologist, this bartender. Is, this is less of a one-on-one interview and more of a conversation among a, a group of people, diverse group of people, age-wise, background-wise, food preference-wise, and we'll just see kind of where the conversation goes. You know who I forgot is the Virginia Foodies. They were there too. Because, yeah, of and I really enjoyed, well, I just want to make sure I say that, because I really enjoyed their contribution because they are coming from like Northern Virginia. Sure. And I'm not particularly well versed in that area. So I, I did absolutely, completely, t- that slipped my mind, but I want to add that in there. We'd love to know if you're listening, if you're still listening, we'd love to know your <laughs> thoughts on this. If, if you're still listening to us. <laughs> we'd love to know your thoughts on this particular format. I mean, I don't know how many opportunities we're going to have to do something similar, but if people like it, we'll do it again. I think we should. All right. Anything else you want to say before we get to it? No, I think we get in. Let's pop that cork. <laughs> Right. So today, Scott, so James sent me, we'll get to who James is in a second. He sent me a message saying, I would like to invite you to a food thing on Tuesday. There'll be a ton of great food people there. You should join me. When James sends you an email, you usually answers yes. Uh, Immediately. He sent me an email about Dean Javos. And then what happened? And then I connected the two of them and I was like, you want to know Alex Delaney? I got you. So I have James. You're a dream maker. I literally am the connector. You are the tooth fairy. You make it all happen. I'm just making your food dreams come true. Anyway, we have James with us. Hey guys. Today. And who else do we have? We got Sarah and Kesey. Elaine and some of my other friends are coming and, and having fun tonight. Uh, all of us go out and eat all around town and just, you know. Do uh, the things. Do the things. So I feel like the group we have with us and the group that's coming in the door right now, we're currently at Eagle, their main construction center, standing in one of their yeah, design right. kitchens. We've got Nick. Um, we got a couple of the Virginia foodies hey. rolling in. We're going to put them on the podcast here shortly. Um Everybody that we have here tonight pretty much has a real finger on the food scene. I think everybody you have in this kitchen knows exactly what's going on in separate areas of Richmond. So I think we start the conversation with where are you eating right now? Where am I eating? Um, I do have a couple favorites right now because there's never one. my first favorite, and I will give them their flowers because they've been around the longest for out of the ones that I love, but Dynamo. Dynamo is killing it for me. I love everything I do. I love sitting at the bar like I'm in the kitchen, filling the flames from the stove, chilling and drinking wine at the bar, and just having everything that they have to offer. Um, and Grisette. My French, my I, I did. A, I studied abroad in French for architecture. I'm an architect, and Donnie, Donnie is killing it. Whether it's at Grisette or Jardin, like wine on Friday afternoon on the patio at Jardin is like 
you can't like there's nothing else per- nothing more perfect than that honestly you're not just an architect though yeah, no. what do you focus in like so, what what is your day job yeah. focus on so my day to day i do commercial architecture um i um i work with vcu um i work with some of the families um the big name families in the food biz in the city um we do we've done we did the um we did river city roll um we did coco drilo's interior design and i actually helped with the, we're gonna plop something in the kitchen here at eagle yeah let's get in the oven we're talking we're eating we're drinking water <laughs> only water <laughs> it's a very the water that jesus made <laughs> All right, don't leave Elaine because we're going to talk about. So we'll edit this into an area in the podcast that makes sense. So Elaine, I love this part right here, right here makes sense. <laughs> this part makes sense. She's to trying me. to ghost us. Miscellaneous is trying to ghost us. I love Elaine. She it has is. a very long it list of things she has to do. She is. You know what? She's busy. I've She's a busy, li- busy lady. I've seen we the long double list. book, triple book. Oh, wait, you know what? You, you see what's important. Also, all she's a very, events. very hard worker. If you don't know who. Elaine is. You can find her at Miscellaneous on Instagram. She is your social guru for what's happening around town. Where are you eating? That is a great question because I feel like it rotates on the mood and the season. So right now, for me, it's cider season, which is controversial, but I love cider. I love soup and pumpkins are okay. Um, (laughs) I also, so kind of to answer that question, I think they belong on like either a table setting or or pumpkin pie, I absolutely agree, is a fall favorite of mine. Otherwise, I don't think maybe I, I don't like pumpkin in anything else other than pumpkin pie. That's the easiest way to put it for me. Um, I also now don't I have. want to cook something that change your mind. Exactly. Ooh. Fair. And that's why I'm here because everyone else is a big foodie here, and I appreciate being here as well. Thank you. Um, but yes, where I'm eating, I would say I'm a big fan of Celador's pop-ups. So it's really actually just that whole pop-up scene. That's what I'm going to kind of gravitate towards. So not necessarily a food or a particular restaurant, but any restaurant that's hosting pop-ups. That's kind of where I gravitate. That's where I'm excited. That's where I get to try new things. And maybe one day I'll find something I like that's pumpkin-oriented. I love all of this. Again, if you want to find Elaine, who is leaving us and will not be here for her controversial anonymous questions, which we're going to answer for her as Elaine. James is going to act as you. I got you. I got Um, you. Anyway, you can find her at Miss Elanius. All right. So, Sarah, let everybody know your first last name and your Instagram handle. All right. uh, My name is Sarah Riso. My Instagram handle is RVA Foods and Stuffs. Yes, both are plural. Why? I'll never know. We'll never know. Where are you eating these days, Sarah? You know, I've been out and about a lot, like running around, doing little trips. So trying to eat on the go quite a bit. So I'd say Stella's Grocery is a pretty big go-to right now. Um, But also it's football season, so pizza. I'd say Zorch and Pizza Bones, doing that. Is football synonymous with pizza? For me, it is. Yeah, From life Buffalo. Is on pizza, right? I mean, yeah. What was that? <laughs> life, life is life. synonymous with oh, pizza. Oh, absolutely. Me. But uh, but from Buffalo, it's pizza and wings on Sunday every day. So she just every made week. a really good joke as she was putting her food into the oven here, saying that this we call this chicken wing dip because I'm from Buffalo and we don't say they're buffalo wings. Because it's obvious. That's where it's from. But you know I'm going to take a deep dive directly in this. Where are you eating your wings, Miss Buffalo? Oof. uh, You know, I don't typically eat wings in Richmond. But if if I I were to... I want to hear it. If I were to, I'd go to Commercial Tap House 
for their smoked wings. Ooh, that's one I haven't heard of. They smoke their wings at Commercial Tap House and you like that's, them? That's what I've heard. Nice, but you like them. They're good? I do like them. I do like oh, them. Cool. When did you move to Richmond? I moved in July of 2019. You remember the first time, the first restaurant that you uh, dined at in town? We were like, yes, this is what I like. This Ooh, is the kind of place that's that a good question. I can. That is a good question. You know, I have a cousin who lives in Richmond, and they took me to some good restaurants. I think the first one I went to was when I did my interview for an internship, actually. So that was probably 2017. They took me to Cuba Cuba. Hey. And uh, that was a fantastic meal for me which location the one in the fan oh good 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 you got you got the real cuba cuba experience yes what so, did you eat did you get a cuban sandwich did you go to the, no, the other road i did not i got the uh it was a shredded beef dish i it, the name escapes me right now the the old shoes the ropa vieja yes that's the one I know, out of nowhere. Ruby was sitting next to me. She was in the booth behind you. Who is this girl? Who is this person? I don't in know. turn, she just said, I'm about this life. I know Cuba Cuba. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it was new to me. I feel like there isn't much Cuban food in Buffalo. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was damn good. But plenty of wings. <laughs> but plenty, plenty of chicken wings. Chicken wings. Just chicken wings. <laughs> That's it. That's all we eat. All right. And then I, this lovely human, I, I'm, you are Kesey? Yes. Tell me about yes. yourself. Hi, um, so I'm Kesey Cofield. Uh, my handle is Well Read and Fed. I feel like out of the entire group, I'm probably the least knowledgeable about the true. foods in the. But I'm from Richmond, so I'm loving to see how the food scene has evolved here. I'm loving the community that I've built through Jay and Elaine. Just meeting everyone that loves food just as much as I do. So, super excited. So being from Richmond, how has the food scene evolved from your younger years here? Like, what have you seen? How has it changed? I would say the variety, for sure. Like, growing up here, we did not have as many restaurants in Richmond, um, especially as many, uh, I don't want to call them niche restaurants, but like niche restaurants that we have now. I think that now you can go, you can have a taste for anything and you can go find it. But growing up here, it was like you had your staples, you had your like, you know, all-known restaurants, your commercial restaurants. So I think it's just been um, a lot of variety. So Scott's from Richmond as well. And I always say everybody who's from Richmond is like six degrees from Scott. So I feel like you guys should play that game right now because it's really only like three. I feel like I'm 35 years older than that. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> human to my right. That's okay. We're, you're going to get to something. We're going to find something. We're going to find something. Because it's always like, oh, you went to school here? Do you know so-and-so? And then boom. Like, I, I, there's yes, no more questions. Yeah. So where did you go to high school? I went to high school at Hermitage High School. Okay, not too far from where I grew up. Again, I probably know your parents. <laughs> or perhaps your grandparents. So where are you eating right now? And what, tell me the premise of your Instagram. I mean, obviously it says it in the name, but what yeah, is the so, connection there? Um, I used to post on my personal page just all of like my food recommendations in the city and my book recommendations. My friends were like, you need to actually like post this more often. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a separate page to just post this on just books and food. And it just started off as something for like my family and friends. And then it has just like grown into something much larger. So um, I currently have a virtual book club, but we're trying to expand to, to meet physically um, where we'll also include like food into our book clubs, too, because that's something I really like. So do you do cookbooks? Because they're one of my favorite type of books. 
So I have a lot of cookbooks. <laughs> and I actually found this like Instagram page recently where like she uh, films herself trying out different recipes and cookbooks. And I'm like, I love this because I have a lot, but it's like I stick to the same recipes all the time. So I want to challenge myself to do the same thing. How have you found the the Instagram like family, the scene, the food scene, the, your collaborators? What kind of friendships have you been able to make through through the platform? Yeah, so I feel like everyone, especially in Richmond, is very welcoming in the food scene. Um, I don't leave a ton. I know I'm eating with Elaine and Jay probably once a month, maybe more than that. But um, I work a lot, so I think that when I do connect with people in the Richmond food scene, everyone's just so welcoming. Um, I love meeting all the new business owners and restaurant owners. So um, I would say it's very welcoming. Very cool. I love to hear that. Did you guys meet each other through Instagram? Because that's how I met Sarah and how I met you, James, and now clearly how I'm meeting you. Did you all meet so, through? We went to school together. Um, Keisha was a couple years behind me, and I don't know if you want to tell that story <laughs> after that. I used to date his brother uh, for a very long time, and so <laughs> me and Jay. More wine, please. <laughs> another round. Another round. Thank you. Thank you. The harder stuff. The harder stuff. Thank you. So yeah, I dated his brother for a long time, and Jay has always lived in Richmond. So have I. So we um, got closer through that, and then when. Uh, me and his brother didn't work out. Me and Jay continued our friendship. So that's impressive. Um, yeah, you must be a good friend for he her is. to continue that friendship. Well, good friend to Kesey, but I definitely had to say, "Hey, bud, Jerry." So, um, yeah, me and Kesey are going to dinner. It's just we're friends. friends. We're just, just friends. friends. <laughs> uh, it's cool. It was awkward all city. It's all yeah. love. It's all, exactly, because we weren't running to running to each other. If yeah, not totally. And, <laughs> Why not just be How's brave? how's your brother now? He's good. He's okay? Yeah. Everything's He's fine. Yeah. Is he over the breakup? Uh, okay. <laughs> Moving right, right along. along. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> All right, so with his girls. Yeah, they, 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 they can give it to you. <laughs> easy. Um, <laughs> I want easy. They're easy, Roby. Easy. Um, I want to know what you guys think we're missing in the Richmond food scene. I personally would love some more Michelin stars, some more mm. recognized, some that complete food experience. I walk in into this experience that starts from literally the front door all the way to the plate, to the curated garnish. Um, I, I want some Michelin star, that level, some more of that level food. I, I love long oven, love long oven. And I don't know if they've been given their given their flowers yet, but um, I want some more food like that. I just love super creative, super playful, uh, make you think, make you challenge what you like and what you don't like, kind of take you on a whole experience food scene. I want to parking lot that because I feel like there's a follow up question there that I'm going to ask you. So oh. I, um, what do you guys think we're missing? I would agree with Jay. Um, definitely would love to see more experiential eating in the city. Um, I think one thing for me that Richmond is missing is like a solid soul food or Southern yes. cuisine. Yes. Um, I don't think we have a ton of restaurants that do it very well. Um, I know when I kind of have these cravings for like something Southern, something that's going to remind me of grandma or grandpa, we're cooking it at home. So I would love yeah. to like be able to actually go sit down at a restaurant and enjoy a meal like that. Kesey and I, I cook with Kesey's mom. Um, every once in a while with her uh, her mom's catering company. And we love to just throw down in the kitchen and, and make something happen just like our grandparents did. 
um, I found out how I mean, her start. She started cooking just like I started cooking because our grandmothers or somebody needed help in the kitchen. And that's where we stuck. <laughs> and um, yeah, it would be so cool to have some actual soul food places in the city. Right, so I would like to parking lot that question because I have a follow up to that as well. <laughs> okay. Go, Sarah. I would, what do you think we're missing? So, Welcome Nick to the podcast, if you will. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying Nick's here. We're going to ask him. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so one thing I found in D.C. was Uyghur food. Um, it's kind of a blend between Mediterranean and Asian food, I'd say. Uh, very interesting, but very delicious, very flavorful, in your face, um, but also like hand-pulled noodles, uh, which I thought were amazing. Um, that was my only encounter with that kind of food, and I, it just really stuck with me, and I think if Richmond could get something like that, that'd be great. Hi, Nick. How Hello, are you? So, Hi, yeah, bud. Um, you say your name, spell it, and then say your Instagram. That'd Sounds be awesome. Good. So my name is Nick Barahona. That's N-I-C-K. Uh, and also on Instagram, at NX Review. Um, I'm from Northern Virginia. Can I introduce myself? Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I'm go for it. That's right. your sign. So I'm from Northern Virginia, um, Arlington to be specific. Uh, I went to Bishop O'Connell High School, which is a Catholic private school over there in that area. Um, I'm currently a senior going to my last semester at VCU. Um, First off, sorry, pleasure to see all you guys here and be in your presence. Um, very excited for um, all of this and this event and just everything that James has put together. I'm really appreciative of that. But yeah, so going into my last semester, um, planning to go to apply for grad school um, at VCU, sports leadership program. Um, I also play on the men's soccer team at VCU, um, so that's been a hell of a ride. I guess talking about my Instagram food blog, I started, I guess, kind of maybe how a lot of people started during lockdown, during quarantine, COVID. Um, I always knew food was my passion. I was that person who would always take pictures on Instagram and Snapchat of my food before eating it, phone eats first, you know, you guys can all relate to that. Um, and I kind of just made it into something where I wanted to just start recording it and making a blog about it. And then now it's kind of just transcended into what it is today, um, which is just going around trying a lot of great food in the Richmond area. So it's been great. And that's a little bit about me, a little bit about me. So I'd like to also introduce the VA foodies are here too. Um, so would you guys like to? Yeah. Hi, I'm Sakshi. I'm one of the Virginia foodies. Um, I'm Srija, and I'm also one of the VA foodies. We have two of our members not here right now because they've since graduated and moved back to their hometowns. But Gracie's now in Virginia Beach and Victoria's now in Nova. And they're both working as incredible dermatology P MAs and... We miss them very much, but yeah. We can find you guys at at the Virginia Foodies VA. Yeah, at the VA Foodies. So D I E S, right? Mm -hmm. So we asked these kids what they thought the Richmond food scene was missing. What are your thoughts? Um, me and Trisha talk about this a lot, and I think like something that is missing is like more like Asian food. Like I know that we have a lot of Thai places here, but we find that it's not as good as back home, which is Northern Virginia. And we don't see as many options for Indian food, so I feel like that would be really cool to see in Richmond. I think to touch on what Sakshi said, and specifically for Indian food, we're missing Hyderabadi food and South Indian food specifically. So like a like what we call a tiffin, like a idli, dosa, vada, sambar type of situation. I don't even think I know of a place that serves it here and is like good at it. And then 
biryani, the one biryani we had at a place that I will not name, terrible, disgrace to biryani. And Ooh. I'm hoping to see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I mean, yes. it was mushy, and it it's that's the opposite. I think like the worst part about that was that we were told that it would be how we wanted it to be, but then we tried it, and it was like the exact opposite. So we were disappointed. Bring them out. Bring them out. Who is it? I don't think we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off the record later. And then I'll just say it in the first four hands. If you want good food, you got to talk about what it looks like, where it goes, who it is, that type of thing. I think if you're quiet, we just deal with mediocre. So pardon my ignorance. You mentioned different regions of India when you said we're missing this kind of food. What, ex- what exactly is that cuisine like? Uh, we're from a region that's called Telangana and Andhra. Those are the two Telugu-speaking states of India in the south of India. And our, both our families reside in Hyderabad, which is really rich in food and culture. Um, and their food is unlike any other. The biryani, Hyderabad biryani, I'm biased, but it's the best type. And it's it's hard to nail, but we need to see it here. What are the ingredients? <laughs> you speak of it so specifically. Like, I, I already want it. I want to jump in. I want yeah, you want like, to try? Indian, yeah. like, that kind of food is having such a big resurgence right now here and by so many cultures. And, yeah. I, like, why why don't we have this? Like, yeah, what are the flavors? What is it? What is what? What do you think you're missing of it? So I feel like specifically when we talk about Hyderabadi biryani, it's I'll explain it. So it's like a layered rice dish where it's like a first layer of rice and then it'll be like um, fried onions and then usually it can be made with like chicken, lamb, goat, shrimp, like any sort of meat that you would like. And then it's like a bunch of different layers and on top you put like more fried onions and then like cilantro, and it's filled with like so many different types of spices. And like Shrija was saying, it is hard to nail, but it's like our parents are able to do it. So we feel like people right. here can do you it too. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so hungry. I know. <laughs> All right, Nick, what's your answer to that question? So kind of relating to what they're saying. So I'm from Bolivia and El Salvador. My mom's from Bolivia. I've been there four times my whole life. Um, I'm a dual citizen actually from there as well. Um, so you look up Bolivian food in Richmond, you can't find anything. So I would say that's definitely something that's missing in Richmond. So what is Bolivian food to you? So Bolivian food, I mean, it's home. It's some of the best food ever, in my opinion. Um, you have stuff like sateñas, which is like basically think of an empanada, um, and with like just meat. And I mean, most times in Bolivia, empanadas are just, ha- they have cheese inside. Um, but the sateñas... Cheese, by the way, is my love language, just, oh, so, just awesome, so you yeah. know, Nick. <laughs> so when I come here and I first saw they're serving empanadas, and I know it's different from every region in every country, um, I was expecting to have cheese, but they all tasted kind of like a makeshift sateña, but not as good. Um, so you have that and also have another dish, which is one of my other favorite dishes, silpancho, which is a big circle plate, enough to uh, feed four people, but it's served to one person, served with rice, um, potatoes on top, um, fried potatoes on top, and then you have a big steak that's like grounded and punched um, and prepared over it, covering the entire plate. And then you have eggs, um, half easy, over easy eggs on top of that too. And then you have um, some onions and jalapenos and peppers that are on top of that. And like when I tell you the steak covers the whole plate, it covers the entire plate. So you have to kind of cut into it. The eggs are on top, cut into that, and then just get into the whole dish. And that's one of my favorites. The fascinating thing about this conversation to me is, so being from Richmond, as we established, um, 
the explosion of Indian foods in Latin American food restaurants here. I'm like, there's so much. Like, I can't believe how much there is. And now, here, now tonight I'm hearing. And all of them sound like crap compared. I know. To what tonight, I'm tonight, tonight I'm hearing. Yeah, we don't have a, we don't have enough, or they're not good enough, or whatever. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's all changing though. I feel like it's just changing as more folks move to Richmond and as our Ohio, as our community grows. Um, with that comes the food and the diversity of food and the improvements in the food. And I think that's the beauty of Richmond too, just all the different backgrounds and diversity it has. I know just being at VCU um, in the school community, I've met so many people from different areas. I mean, and it's also great to have met friends that are from India and also foodies too, so that's even better. And then um, going to eat uh, Indian food with my Indian friend at Tulsi and Lemon Cuisine, um, it's been great. I think I have something to add on that. I was thinking about it and I realized that we have these cuisines represented, but like not the specific regions of these places. So I think a great example of this is Sprezza by Angela Petrozelli. Um, she's bringing Southern Italian food to Richmond and we see Italian food all the time. Southern Italian food though? I Straight couldn't Puglia. tell you. So yeah, yeah exactly. very, very specific. Exactly. So I think that's the type of energy we need with the Venezuelan food, the Bolivian food, the Indian food specifically, um, like we were talking about. I think that would just really change the game because we have diversity in restaurants here. It's just not as specific as we could be, I think. Do you feel like restaurateurs are um, kind of like playing it safe to like the, the basic audience? Like generally, like if they want to appease the masses, they have to like tone it down or be like, you know, Chicken tikka masala. <laughs> I will say I'm a avid butter chicken orderer. I think it's yes. delicious, but I think there's plenty of Indian restaurants across this country, in the state specifically, in the city and in Nova, everywhere, that do North Indian food really well. And we just need to see the regions and different states represented and get different flavors. It's a big place. It yeah. Is, it's a big place. And it's so funny, too, because, like, in short pump, you'll start seeing, like, traditional american restaurants throw on two or three indian dishes and i'm like we just need it we need it it like you'll, you'll go to an american restaurant and, and see naan i'm like <laughs> you don't know what naan yeah. is or know how naan is cooked um yeah so we need yeah. it we do need it um that diversity of food is it's, it's a language of how we continue to love each other like i see love through food and just understanding and, and um, of cultures through food. Like, it, it's, we just need it. I agree. So you discussed the fact that there was a lack of soul food and Southern food here, and I'd like to talk about that. This is how I, this is how I talk about soul food in the city right now. Um, it's commercial soul food. Mm -hmm. It's Unseasoned. a little washed of what we grew up on. Mm -hmm. So explain that to me. So you, it's kind of hard to explain. Like it's, it's the soul food without the soul is kind of the food that we have in Richmond right now. Like mm -hmm. you have your staples, your fried chicken, your candy yams, your greens. But I think for me, it's a lot of times it's missing the flavor. It's missing the, the soul of it Say all. What you want um, to say. It's not that good. And I think that a lot of people... You know, especially in Richmond, like if you ask them, like, you know, what's your favorite soul food spot? They're going to say Mama J's or they may say Southern Kitchen. And it's like, I can't name a, a soul food place in Richmond that I like. I so. don't disagree with you. Yeah. I feel like it started to be phoned in pretty solidly. But yeah. like that's I don't get to make those like 
but you know what? They're still winning awards and yeah. Getting, I want to give them their respect because they've been in the game totally. for so long and they're doing what they've been doing for a very long time. But it's just, it's not the soul food that we would want every, on, like an everyday thing. Yeah. So if you were opening a soul food or Southern food restaurant, what would be on the menu? What would be the restaurant that had the soul in the soul food? I would say that you would have all your staples, but they would just be better executed. Yeah, so okay. you'd have, you know, your fried chicken, your candy yams, your mac and cheese, your, your crocus, collard greens, your, your croaker fish. Exactly. You know, you would have all of it, your spoon bread, your everything. But I would probably scale back and just make sure I'm doing things very well than trying to have like 100 things on the menu and doing them all terribly. Remember we went to, um, I guess we are dropping names on the podcast, uh, on this now. Sorry, don't with, sue me. With I, each I'm glass poor. of wine, more, we, name, more exactly. names are being more, dropped. Speaking I'm of sensing wine, a theme here. Speaking of wine, um, thank y'all, thank y'all, Roby and Scott for bringing bubbly, for bringing bubbly tonight. Yes, oh, that was the you first can thank time. B- um, Booth from Barrel Thief, as per usual, as, as Booth Hardy always sponsors us with a little bit of liquid. That's that's the first time I've ever popped a may uh, uh, a large bottle of bubbly. Like I felt <laughs> extra special tonight. I love that. So you expressed that you thought that our food scene could use more accolades. Like you'd like to see more Michelin stars. You'd like to see more um, awards. Why do you think that we don't have those? We touched on soul food without soul. We talked about how a deep dive into certain cultures isn't occurring. Do you think that that's part of it? What do you think is the reason why? I, I, I feel like publications sleep on Richmond a little bit. Um, we were just in one of the new HBO shows um, where they featured... The Game of Thrones? I wish. <laughs> you mean House of Dragons? Because I'm Dragon. here for I'm here for House of Dragons. Um, it's a new HBO show. They were just they just did um, they just did Cobra Burger and some other restaurants. Oh, wow. uh, our scene is getting slept on, and um, it's not that we're not doing great things. Um, L Wife is winning a lot of awards. Long Oven got. Promoted by um, Bon Appetit. Grisette should be in that number. Like, I don't know. I just, I've, I feel like the, we have things that could be there, but I think we also have things, or I think we also can do better and bring more um, high-end dining to the city also. i just like to go back to what you were talking about, Soul Food, just because I can kind of relate. Just There's a place called El Pope, um, I'm also from El Salvador. Pupusas is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Love my pupusas. Yes. Yeah. I love a pupusa. Yeah. So El Pope's pupusas, they're good, but the ones compared to like back home and the ones that my grandma serves me can't, can't come close, you yeah. know? So I can kind of, um, I can totally see what you're talking about. So would you just recommend them, you know, cut back on a few dishes and then just really focus on making these like very, very good? Because it sounds like it's not about like the lack of something. It's not the lack of what they don't have. It's just about like what they're doing already that they're not doing it to the full potential of, correct? Yeah. I think it might be one of those things where it's like they feel like if it's not broke, we're not fixing it. And that's another thing, too. It's because a lot of people who aren't like, let's say me or like who didn't grow up on that food, like you guys didn't grow up on the pupusas that I did and I didn't grow up on the soul food that you had. So 
how how do they fix that? And I feel like that's like with this conversation like this. And that's another thing too that I think is so beautiful about like Richmond as a city and all the food scenes. It's like I feel there's always going to be something that's going to be missing. There's always going to be something that yeah. needs to be improved on. And as you can kind of see, there's like trends as you were talking about, like the Indian, it's starting yep, to trend. Yep, yep. And there'll be trends that come and go. Um, and I think that's just the beauty of it, though. In the end of like cities that have this type of food culture and how they grow and just always are continuing to grow and change. So here's, here's a question for the group. We've heard it from a few different people with a few different cuisines that it's not as good as my grandma made or my mom made. Can a restaurant live up to that? Like, is it possible for a restaurant to make it as good as mom or grandma made? Hmm. You're tying memories in with food there. Mm -hmm. So I, I know, I mean, my father was a massive cook in my family. My mom owned restaurants, wild, right? Um, and there's m many things that my father made, which probably are not that great, but they're my favorite mm -hmm. of that thing. So do we feel like the memory is tied to it and that's what pushes it up in your mind? I definitely feel like memory is tied, but I do think that you can also go to a restaurant that's like, oh, this is amazing. Because I know when I go to like Charleston or New Orleans or places like that, I go to any restaurant and I'm like, oh, this is mm. next level. It's so delicious. Um, so I think memories definitely play a, a key part into it. But I do think that a part also is that like, I can only speak for soul food. A part is uh, that soul food restaurants aren't really hitting the nail in terms of mm. just like the flavor or the freshness or like the authenticity right if we could get somebody back like sean brock and everything he's done with husk like do we feel that he knows soul food or do we feel that no, no, he no. knows appalachian we food? know we feel that he knows appalachian food okay for sure that's missing in the city that's something else that like just that farm to table connection that sean brock brings with everything every pop-up that he does every restaurant that he's put out and i know he's not with hus the hus group anymore and he's starting his own thing aubrey i was talking to manny eats about it and manny made a trip out to um tennessee to go to go try it and i asked him how was it and he goes make the trip <laughs> like that's what i need so what if i told you that sean brock trained under walter bundy boom and wow. Walter Bundy owns Shagbark. Yep, yep, yep. How do we feel about the cuisine there? Oh, someone's walking away from the mic. Jay has mixed feelings about it, but I don't. I actually really like Shagbark. Um, I went to Shagbark with my friend Nia over there. Um, the silent a couple, one. Yeah. The strong and silent type <laughs> over there. Um, and we really enjoyed our food experience. Like I, everything we got that night was delicious and I haven't been since, but like I would definitely go back just based off of the one time that I have gone. It's good. I do think it's good. I'm going to bring my voice down a couple octaves. It is good. I do. I love everything they do. No. And that's fair. That's okay. Do you love everything that anybody does? Yes. Oh, Donnie, Donnie, Donnie. Donnie, we all love Donnie. Everybody loves Donnie. Donnie and every once in a while in Suboka, they are it for me. I can have a taco and a marg and be a happy camper. A fish taco and a marg and be a happy camper for life. Oh, that makes me want to punch a bird. <laughs> 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 totally different conversation. So we got through like, but why 
other than being slept on by a publication, right? What like what else means? What else is there that's meaning we aren't receiving the awards? Because it doesn't always just take a food and wine or a bon appetit or something like that to have individuals notice your food scene. Part of me feels like it's the casual atmosphere of Richmond yeah. that might be turning away like the people who give out Michelin stars. Like that's but that's what I love about Richmond is how casual all the dining is. You never feel like you have to dress up to go anywhere. And maybe that's taking away from their experience and why maybe they're not giving out Michelin stars them. I don't know how all that works. But maybe that so but from, I love it. So from a designer step standpoint, that just triggered like a whole realm of things because like to design that experience, a casual experience that is worthy of 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 Michelin star status. Like um Ronnie Scott's barbecue, you don't need a suit to put that on to go have that Michelin star. But his service is not casual at Ronnie Scott. So the atmosphere can look very casual. The service at Ronnie Scott's is a different standpoint. Mm. Exactly. So did you, Sarah, mean the service and the atmosphere together or even separately? They maybe are what's pushing us from being part of the awards in the food scene. Yeah. Uh, I guess I mostly just meant the atmosphere. Um, maybe some of the service at some of the places could be better. I'm not sure. I haven't done enough to be able to speak on that. But, um, yeah, it just depends on their criteria. I think another thing, too, might be visibility. Um, because even people that are are from Richmond, that live in Richmond, they don't know about all the great restaurants we have here. Yes. Um, and I take my mom, for example, I'll take her to a restaurant and she's like, where's this been? This is amazing. Like I took her to Cobra Burger not too long ago and she's like, this is the best burger I've ever had. And I'm like, yeah, because you eat the same three restaurants. So I think like even people that are native to Richmond, we don't tr- have... Um, like the restaurants don't get the visibility that they need even within our community um, unless you're plugged in and following people like Elaine and just staying on the scene because there's new restaurants popping up all the time, but mm-hmm. they're just not getting the visibility. I think, that's, I think that's like a really important thing, just visibility. And that's honestly why I continue to blog and post about restaurants and food because like people that are here mm-hmm. don't even know that we have this these things here literally and when they see us eating it it's like oh i didn't know we had whole fish branzino at this place and i'm like yes whole fish branzino is my jam like i make that at thanksgiving now like yes in 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 butcheries that or seafood places that will show you what to do and show you how to make these fancy Mm -hmm. or on somewhat unobtainable dishes yeah yeah the food here smells so good. Everybody brought a dish tonight, and it's starting to smell really good here. So I kind of want to wrap things up. up. But I do want to shift the conversation to one more question, at least, um, before we get to our viewer-submitted questions, um, which should be fun. <laughs> Everybody here, I think, is a food influencer of some sort on Instagram. And that's, depending on how you feel about that, it's either like really serious or sort of a game to, to, to some folks. So I'm curious like, what lessons you've learned throughout your journey on social media as a quote-unquote food influencer and um, what advice you might have to people who are following food influencers on Instagram or might want to start their own account. 
I think one of the most gratifying parts of having this page is the connections and the people we meet. So like whether that be people like you all, like our peers essentially, and people that become our friends, but also like restaurant owners and chefs and people that come from all sorts of different walks of life. And it's just really awesome um, to learn from them, to see where they've been, to taste their food. Um, I think that's the best part. And I think talking about it and reviewing the food is just what comes with it now. Now, what happens when you go to a restaurant that you really do not like? Um, I think we like try to give them another chance. People have their bad days. Um, these are small businesses usually. And I mean, with seeing how the industry works and our friends in it, it it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially with the staffing issues and all sorts of things. So I think you got to take it with a pinch of salt. So that's yeah, our... We all know it's tough out here. We like... We all have jobs that aren't in food industries, and we know it's hard to to find staffing for some of these places. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to run a small business. It so. is hard to run a small business. Yeah. Well, I would agree with what uh, Shuja said about just the connections I made. Um, I mean, just even being here today, that would have never happened if I never started my Instagram page, and I'm grateful that I did start. And I would just say for anyone thinking of starting one, just to do something that you're passionate in because it makes it so much easier. And um, just when you're passionate about something, everything, like if you're doing it, like when I am posting something or if I'm doing anything that's on my Instagram, it's like something I love. And I'm like a really passionate person, I'd like to say. So it's like everything that I do on there, everything outside of it is just like so rewarding, kind of like what Shreja was saying. And then what I really like too, it, it can expand like who I am as a person. Um, just like how we were talking before, I'm not someone right now who like goes to like fine dining or what I think is fine dining, which maybe some of you guys might think is just regular dining. Um, but seeing your post that you post and like seeing all that stuff, it's like I didn't even know that like is in Richmond. So like someone who's in Richmond, not even outside of Richmond, and seeing those posts, it's like okay, like that's something that I can expand to and like reach, and I think that's just fantastic. Um, and the people like the VA foodie said they're fantastic. Um, and then other tips that I would give is just, you know, never be afraid just to start something that you love doing. Um, my lasagna is done. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Sarah, which posts have you found work best for you? And do you feel the pressure to, like, hit certain numbers every time you post something? Or have you ever felt that pressure? I think once upon a time I did. Uh, recently I've definitely scaled back my posting. Uh, it just became a bit too much. Life got a bit crazy. Um, but I definitely think burgers post well. <laughs> as long as you get the good lighting, maybe the Libby Hill background, that'll do you well. Nice juicy Cobra burger, bam, thousand likes. Wow, all right. <laughs> Smash the like, man. Do you have any thoughts on the matter? Yeah, so like for us, we have like four people in total. So like the way that we post things and stuff, it works slightly differently because it's not just one person deciding, oh, like I'm just going to post this. But... I think it started off for the, all, all of us. We started our page um, over quarantine, and it was just for fun. And we were like, oh, well, we talk about food in our group chats all the time. Why don't we just make an Instagram for it? And one of our members, Victoria, she's actually the one that like made the official account. And then at that this point, we were all back home. But once we came to Richmond, we were like, okay, this is something that we can like take seriously. And I think now like it's like a huge part of who we are like being like having the VA foodies as a page and like going and trying out different food I think at least like for me and Trija like we 
if this could like go somewhere in terms of like after us graduating and like this becoming like a full-time thing we would love to do that I don't post that often anymore. I'm trying to. I, I yes, said next you do. You next post month. All the time. I don't. It's her Finsta. I really don't. Exactly. It, it has to. Be, I'm posting on the wrong page. But I said next month I'm going to be a little bit more consistent. But um, I would definitely say if you're interested in having like a food page to definitely stick to what you're passionate about. Um, there's a niche for a niche for everything, and don't think that because there's hundreds of pages that no one would follow you because just like there's hundreds of water brands like people are going to follow what they like what they're passionate about as well so um, I would say to stick to that um, as far as food posts I don't know <laughs> reels I guess I don't know I feel like I, I'm not in with the the new things with Instagram it's changing every day so I'm trying to like learn that but um, I feel like for me book stuff posts better than food stuff for me so yeah mm. I just like to add to like you were saying about reels originally it just started off for me just posting regular pictures and then now everything I post is a reel and I think that's really brought out a side of like content creating that I've really loved um, who would have ever known I would have put like videos together certain seconds put an audio behind it putting text and all that and I love that now um, just just content creating in general and there's other things you can do the voiceovers on TikTok. you can just expand your horizons on all of those things and that's another thing that instagram has done in creating my food uh, pages done for me too and it's really cool to see um, what different people's kind of uh, methods are what yeah. they do the voiceovers maybe no talking just the audio quick clips longer clips and just showcasing different things roby i think we have some viewer or listener or group submitted questions anonymously submitted for the for the, uh, for the assembled for the symbol? sure james you want to read some of these um, i'm going to hand them over to you for a few question and answers you can just just pick i don't know three or four Today, James. Before I grow old. <laughs> in the next in the next few years, how would you like to see the Richmond the Richmond scene change? Anybody want to tackle that? Uh, I think like this is a simple answer to start with, but all the unoccupied spots, it would be nice to see them fill up again. I mean, we were freshmen when we left for COVID. And because of that, a lot of places shut down that we couldn't even try. And a lot of these like locations are empty still. So to see some new talent, new concepts in these spots for us to try, I think that's like awesome overarchingly. Yeah. We had a conversation about all of the unoccupied spots on Broad Street. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing with the people who own the buildings and yes. How, I mean, no offense to COVID, but it's been like that for a long time. <laughs> it's been like that yeah. for a long time, but <laughs> like, since like yeah. a long time. But being like in the scene now, you like on my side, on the architecture side. Now I start to understand why it's like that and the reasons with families is <laughs> like that and the people that own those buildings. It's been really interesting. That's been a really interesting dive for me. Sounds like a whole different podcast. <laughs> All right. I got a good one. Um, what predictions do you have for the next food restaurant trend, food type, and cuisine? We talked about trendy food. I feel like I'm starting to see more casual, like, I don't even know what it would be called, but like, I saw like a Jamaican, a casual Jamaican restaurant where it was like a Chipotle where like you get your rice, your protein, your whatever. And it was literally like a Chipotle bowl. And so I, I feel like that's becoming more 
um, popular. And I've seen the same with like Indian food, yeah. like where it's more casual, more, you know, quick to consumer. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's a wonderful spot in D.C. and now in Virginia as well called Rasa. And it's founded by two um, restaurant owners now, but their fathers own multiple Indian restaurants all across Maryland and everything. So they grew up with this food and they started this concept called Rasa, which is Indian fast casual. So think kava, chipotle meets Indian food. And they nailed the flavors. Very much authentic. One of the guys, Sahil, um, I don't know which one's from where, but they're both from different parts of India. So they both did a really great job with the menu getting South Indian flavors, North Indian flavors, things that I've never really seen in a concept like this. So bacon spots, guys. I feel like we got places for them. Yeah, Raza, bring your ass. I mean, we right. tell them all the time on the DMs, come to Richmond, come, come to Richmond. Come to Richmond is so, what I tell every place yeah, outside exactly. of the city. Okay, I got a cool question. Um, as food bloggers, um, do you like it when rec- restaurants or other bloggers post tag you in their posts? Do you feel a pressure to like the post if someone tags you? I know I do. Do you feel a pressure to repost? Do you feel a pressure to... Are you talking about who who's posting? Like a restaurant or anybody or, or other food bloggers. Do you like it when, like, so, say for yeah. instance, we go out, like, we, Nick and the food, and the VA foodies, like, we used to go out to, like, have somebody pick a restaurant and we go out and have food there. Like, that's how, I'm, that's how I found Garnett's. Mm-hmm. And we hope to continue that. But as a group, we can we don't mind posting or tagging each other in the in the post. Yeah. Do you like it when bloggers and other restaurants tag you and post that I, we aren't even I, at? I, I have no So let's say I post a picture tomorrow on my Instagram and tag you guys. How do you feel I, about it? I would for me that's like kind of expected. I don't feel any sort of way with Do that. you feel pressured to comment on the post? Um not really, no. I would, I would, com- if I want to comment, I'd comment. I mo- most likely would comment and share it. It's because you like me, just say. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Honestly, though, She's I very aggressive. <laughs> you know, I want to scoot back a little bit. <laughs> Actually, let me, let me move up a little bit. <laughs> I uh, personally, just for me, I am someone who I don't feel pressured. Um, if a restaurant is tagging me, I take that as that's i'm i'm grateful for that it's high praise that yeah yeah and so it's not even like the least i can do is repost it's like i want to repost that thank you so much i guess yeah for for tagging me i feel like i have a slightly different opinion okay oh okay um (laughs) i feel like we want it (laughs) so like like you were saying like say you posted like something tomorrow and you tagged us i feel like if we were all involved in or we all went to the restaurant together then we'd be like okay yeah that makes sense but some like me and trisha have talked about this before sometimes when like a place that we haven't even like tried or like other food bloggers like tagging us i think i don't want to be like oh that's like why are they doing that but it's kind of just like i find it confusing because it's just like i wasn't there i sometimes it's like i haven't even tried this restaurant so it's just i don't know sometimes i'm like i don't know you yeah so i've seen this a lot i'm always in our dms looking at what we're getting tagged in or what people are saying to us and there's some restaurants that we don't follow and they don't follow us back i've never even heard of and they will tag us in every single post and i'll give them a like out of courtesy because i respect it i respect the hustle that the social media manager or whoever is doing like i respect that but i'm still gonna go in and remove myself but i will give them a like um i think I think it varies, though. If it's a business that we're close with, we love and support all the time, I don't mind. I mean, I'll go comment. I think the tag is, like, it's admirable. I appreciate that. Celebrity problems, I think. 
Um, but I mean, sometimes it does get our attention, like a new place that we've never heard of. Like, okay, it's like, oh, maybe we should check it out. But it's there's a lot of tagging happening lately that I have to remove ourselves from. And I think my biggest issue with it is that, not issue in a bad way, but my only gripe with it is that our followers will go on to the tagged and they're seeing things that we don't technically vouch for or we're not a part of and it gets flooded with that stuff instead of something like a post from James or Nick where we were all together maybe they'd see that faster if all of that wasn't there and that's that's where I stand but. Unsolicited <laughs> poor form poor form in 2022 well I'm going to take this last question Nick style and Nick it, style. that Nick right there <laughs> And ask you all what your favorite fast food <laughs> restaurant is. Yeah. So we're rolling last question, on, Nick, Nick style. Nick. So go ahead. What is your fa- favorite Ooh. fast food restaurant? Food? I'm a sucker for Popeyes. Okay. Like, God, dog, give me some. I think I only Popeyes. heard that once in my uh, all the questions that I asked. But what do you get from there? Uh, I, you know. Okay, Popeyes does no wrong, does no wrong for me. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. They hit every time. <laughs> okay. Um, I do want to try this Popeyes, um, the chicken nugget with hottie sauce mm-hmm. and mac and cheese. Like, I need that in my life, like, really soon. Okay. I don't hit fast food often. <laughs> okay, okay. I, but I need to get there. That spicy chicken sandwich, it's my jam. <laughs> That's what the answer yep. was for Popeyes, of yeah. Course. Chicken of course. sandwich. Yes. What's yours, Nick? Oh. <laughs> This might be a very hot take, but I love Taco Bell. <laughs> People are like, how can you eat that? But a gordita crunch. A gordita crunch. <laughs> so so our, Heavenly. our southern soul food master over here says, Mama J's no, Popeye's yes. <laughs> our Latin American stud over here says, Taco Bell, yes. Gordita and this now we're offending everybody. <laughs> All right, ladies. I'm gonna have to agree with Nick and say Taco Bell. Like, thank you. I love it, and I really like the Mexican pizza. And they used to have something called an apple empanada, and they took it off the menu. But apple? it was yeah, it was so good. It's so good, but no longer there. So I wanted to speak about that apple empanada. She put me onto it my freshman year. Our VCU Commons had a Taco Bell. And I had that apple empanada a total of one time before it was removed. And I'll never be able to get it again. Very disappointed. Um, I do love Popeyes. I do love Taco Bell. But I think if I have to choose with some place that I can never go wrong with, I'm going to get hate on it. But it's McDonald's. I love myself a McChicken. Um, Some salty fries. Um, late at night, middle of the day. Uh, McDonald's, you can't really go wrong. There's strawberry and cream pie in the summer. Very good. Beats the apple pie by so much. But yeah, that's my answer. You know, I really don't go to them really at all. If we're if we're talking like the big ones, you know, yeah. like if you're if we're saying Chipotle probably isn't doesn't qualify for this category. Jane, I'll take. Really? Yeah. yeah, I'm changing Nick's rules. <laughs> oh, oh, if it's a chain, well, I don't know. I love me some roots. It's technically a chain. It's fast. That's a good one. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. But I will say, when I was younger, Taco Bell was probably my favorite yes. until it did me dirty. So. Oh. <laughs> until it did you dirty then real never. soon. <laughs> real quick that night. <laughs> okay, I feel like I got to set the scene with mine, like... Okay, you got to think that if you've worked 40 hours, 
one yeah. week. You've worked out every day. Yeah. You have calories that you can you can you can use. Yeah, right. of course. I'm going to Zaxby's. Okay. I'm gonna get a kick and chicken sandwich. Okay. I'm gonna get some fried pickles. I'm gonna get an extra large mm-hmm. sweet tea. Okay. Maybe a side fry. You know, if I'm okay. feeling real fancy. Yeah. But Zaxby's is definitely my like guilty pleasure food for sure. All right. When I was growing up. <laughs> Uh, Burger King <laughs> Burger King used to have a deal called Two burgers, two fries for two bucks Wow So that's what I used to do Wow well, Scott, um, I worked at Burger King for six years Yeah, did you? Yeah In the West End? In Southside Plaza Alright, I didn't make it to that one Oh, no, that's a good thing Did you have that deal? <laughs> did you have that deal? Bur- two burgers, two God, fries, I'm not that old oh, <laughs> That's fair more recently, though, Wawa, I think, is oh, my go-to oh, with um, the subs and the mac and cheese and the little crackers. The breakfast panini. The breakfast panini. I'll have to get that next time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Wawa, the Wawa sub. I had an individual say the same exact thing when Solid. I asked them, the paninis. I can't get behind a fast food restaurant with a microwave. Sorry. You are listening to Eat It Virginia <laughs> with Roby Martin, Scott Wise, and your on-the-ground food Instagrammers. You'll be able to find all their Instagrams, their names on the show notes. Thanks, guys, so much for Thank joining us. Thank you so us. much for having me. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Woo! So what was your big takeaway from this big conversation? Did you have one or two kind of lasting thoughts? That I don't know enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all get kind of comfortable in the in what we think we know and, and or what we you know think we like or what we don't like, and it's nice to hear these fresh perspectives from from folks that you might not normally cross on on a, on a day. I can tell you right now, listening to those individuals talk about just what they like and where they like, even their fast food preferences. I don't, I I know nothing, Jon Snow. I know nothing. I'm still mad at you about that, by the way. Why? Just my Wawa. I'm because they, they have a there's microwave. a microwave in yeah. there, and microwaves are reserved for old coffee and popcorn. Yep. Yeah, I got it. Got and the, it. the occasional baked potato. Understood. Understood. Daniel, past podcast guest. Can we talk about that? You you seem like a. Like a teeny bopper, you're like you're starstruck with Daniel's performance on uh, he's gonna win HBO Max. He's gonna win. So has it like so we're recording this in November. Yep. Has the f- when is the finale? Do we know? Are people no. listening to this gonna know if you won or not? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. So six episodes have dropped as of this podcast, the and I have brunch, watched right? all six. The big brunch on HBO Max, and Daniel Hardhausen, who is young mother, you know the pop ups that continue to sell out. He also works in the kitchen at Adara Restaurant, Adara, which maybe you guys don't know, but now you do. Bum rush that place immediately because he's there. Um, his Instagram is you still cooking at you still cooking. I'll just give you all of the stuff. Sorry, Daniel. He is gonna win. What is it about him on the show that sets him apart from the other contestants? Well, like, okay. So, like, a, one episode, he went from, like, here's, like, some hang- incredible, because I'm saying hangover food's amazing. Here's some hangover food to, like, let me show you my fine dining technique. I mean, that guy 180'd. And, it, and he's just so genuine. And actually, this whole show for me is very refreshing. I watch a lot of food shows. Right. 
And this one's just super, super heartwarming. You getting like, paid for this? No. All right. No, I want. We're gonna have him back on because I want to talk about. What if, if he's the entire, too big for us? What do you he's, think? He's not. I talked to him. Okay. He is a big. He's big, 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 big time. We had to go through a Warner Media wow. account. Wow. But I don't know. I just want to know if the entire backstory of this whole food show is exact. Is is how it feels? I'm gonna say no. Aren't most reality shows not? not I don't exact? know. It just feels right, better. Hopefully, it is. It just feels better, and I'm hoping that it is better. It has the guy from uh, Shit's Creek, right? He's Dan the host. Levy, yeah. yeah, Dan Levy. I like him. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a fun guy, and he's been really great. Good, good. Yep, he's been sweet. He carries around a cocktail most of the time. He loves brunch. It's really, really cute. So that's some good news about a past guest. Aww. We have some unfortunate news, not about a past guest, but about one of his restaurants. Yeah, Saison and Saison Market. Womp. What is going on? What have you heard besides what they put out? Or is that kind of the official word? No, that's the official word. Ten years, though. Long run. That is a long, long I mean, consistently run. Consistently one of the restaurants when people say, you have you go to Richmond, where do you have to go? I mean, they're always on those lists, whether they're a locally compiled list or one of those national like New York Times or, you know. National Geographic list? <laughs> Who else does this list? Uh, yeah, definitely National <laughs> Geographic. Where, where are the tigers in Richmond? <laughs> what restaurant? They're here. That's what National Ge- Geographic does. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, Scott. Like, a lot of people have written me asking me why all the good restaurants are closing in Richmond. And I have to say, and this is not a shot fired, but I would really have enjoyed the 40th anniversary of Style Weekly to talk about the restaurants that have been around for 40 years because I think that that shedding the light on those restaurants might also shed some light on the ones that are shuttering. We have a platform on which we could do that. We could. Let's find some 40th, uh, 40 restaurants. Then you know what? I'll look it up and I'll have four ready for you, which Joe's is one of them, but I'll have four ready for you next podcast. All right. I look forward to it. Happy Thanksgiving, Ruby. Same to you, Scott. This episode of Eat It Virginia Virginia? (laughs) This episode of Eat It (laughs) Virginia No Oh God no